What up, Billy? Can you hear me? There it is. Yeah, I can hear you good now. Much better. Nice, nice. Word up. Ladies and gents, welcome to Empty Podcast. I just want to say thanks to everybody that's been supporting season four. We're about to be, uh, this is going to be the Christmas episode right here. <laughs> um, and Hey. You know, like me being in the underground team, being an MC, I got a chance to share stages with some of the illness. And um, every now and then you come to an, another MC that you fuck with, that you respect, you respect the, the bars, the beats. And I've been running into him at, and during the summer with some of the shows I got booked at. I, I would see him and um, just been building through that. Uh, this cat right here is multi-talented, man. He can rhyme and he can make beats. Uh, man, he can. He, he shared the stages with uh, Havoc of Mob Deep, Merz, Crooked Eye, Thurston Howe the Third. He, he has made songs with Shabazz Deek. Um, shared stages with Two Max, Blame One, Soldier, and many more. Um, to hit up his website, you guys can check out tilttopnotch.com. And um, without further ado, uh, before I introduce him, you guys got to check out Iron Soul and Comfortably Uncomfortable, the Beat CD and the actual album. He has other hey. albums like Molotov, Cocktail, and In Search of the Formula. Been dropping shit since 2013, ladies and gents. Without any further ado, we got Billy No Jokes. What up, man? Hey, good looks, man. That was a great intro right there. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt. Yo, man, I've been running into you. How, how was your summer? How would you describe the summer? Uh, it was cool. Shoot, I was just glad to be outside, you know what I mean? After coming off of last year and, and whatnot, I was just glad to be out and doing things. No doubt. If you had a choice to pick between MCing or producing, which one do you prefer? Ooh, uh, I've been doing both, like almost about the same amount of time. I think I started rap. I started uh, rapping first, and about three years later, I started making beats. Um, to be honest, it's almost like I use two different parts of my brain to to do it when I'm making a beat. And then when I'm writing, it's just like a I split. I split the two somehow up in my head. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be able to rap over my own beats. Um, it's more brainless for me to make beats. Mm. I'm technically doing a lot of things, but it's uh, it's more like muscle memory because I kind of mm. you know and stuff like that. Mm. I asked if I had to choose the two mm-hmm. at the moment. I'm 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 writing a lot right now. Yeah. So at the moment, it's gonna be MCing. Which one do you find more therapeutic when you're going through shit? Which one do you find yourself? Oh. Um, when, when you're going through something fucked up or depressing, which one do you find yourself like turning to? Writing or making? Uh. Well. Writing for me is definitely. It's not so much the act of writing; it's more so the act of getting the verse done and actually digging the verse. That's mm. therapeutic to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, the act of actually doing it and getting it done, and uh, you know, it comes out the way you imagined in your head. That's that's the therapeutic part to me. That's the part that's kind of like drugs to me that mm. get, gets me going keeps me get, you know coming back for more you know what I mean mm-hmm. ladies and gents I got a chance to share the stage with Billy and Santa Ana at the next round bar and grill shouts to GJ Chaos and I got a chance to share the bill with uh, Billy again at um at, uh, at, at the bay uh, for the jump off 619 shouts to Kira um, mm. and I got a chance to see Billy do the live set and do a live beat set 
and Ryan. You know, like hey, that's, <laughs> good that's, luck. That's, that's that's dope, man. Um, so I ask all my guests, dude, where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, nice. I was raised, yeah, a little section called Fairhaven. I was raised in. Shout out to CT. Um, I grew up, got my whole like youth on the East Coast, um, New Haven, Connecticut. I was, I was, uh, like I said, born and raised up until uh, about 15 years old. That's when I moved to San Diego. Mm. What made you move to SD? Yo, to be honest, the neighborhood I was growing up in was kind of wild, and shit was just getting crazier by the day. And um, my mom's got a, a cool little job offer. Mm-hmm. With I had some family out here, out in uh, San Diego, and she got a cool little job offer, and they just decided, like, yo, you know what? Uh, we out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated that idea. I really, really hated that idea at first. Like, uh, it, I didn't want to, you know, at 15 years old, moving is kind of like a... A big deal, you know what I mean? You just yeah. you're just started high school basically and you know, it's a big deal, but I wasn't uh I wasn't prepared for that, but after being here for, in San Diego for a good couple years, um I started liking it more and more. It grew on me, you know what I mean? So this is home now. I love I love where I'm from. Shout out like I said, shout out New Haven, Connecticut. That gave me a good base to jump off of. I actually started rhyming because of where I grew up. That just the influences I got from where I grew up, and then came out here. Didn't really know many heads, you know what I'm saying? So um, I just started writing. Mm-hmm. What was like your earliest recollections of hip hop growing up in CT? Like, was it a song you heard in the radio? Was it a music video? What was like your first uh- memories? Well, yo, to be honest, uh, a lot, you know, I, I was, I would hear what was on like, you know, radios or what was kind of like more so like what was at on the charts at that time until, uh, and I didn't really pay much mind to it. I just kind of like listened to like whatever the homies was listening to or whatever was on at the minute. But then when, um, Buster Rhymes dropped that, you know, Ooh, I got you wall in check. You know what I'm saying? Like. That, that joint right there, that I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? I think I was 10 years old. Uh, and that really, that really, like, got me going. Like, I started digging deeper into, into actual, what I would consider more, like, hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what uh, Buster Rhymes, Wuha, Got You Well in Check, was my, my first joint that actually got me really into hip-hop. All right, how old were you when you started? How old were you when you started writing rhymes? Uh, I started kind of messing around at 13 nice. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, uh, pr- around, I'd say, like, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I started writing rhymes. I didn't record something until I was about 16. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'd say around 13, 14 was, was right when I started, nice, like, messing nice. around with rhymes. How about like freestyling off the top of the head? Around what? Around what age did you start fucking with that? Just, Ooh, just freestyling. Yo, I don't know, but had had to be around the same the same time yeah. that period. You know, maybe messing around with some homies and shit. But uh, yeah, it's not around the same time period. I say um, early teens. You know. So you moved to San San Diego at fifteen. What are, what are your first impressions of the city? 
or the county, you know? Oh, bro, I, I actually, like I said, the area I grew up in, in, in was New Haven, Connecticut, and some parts of New Haven, Connecticut, pretty wild. Like, I grew up in the hood. Yeah. So when I moved out here, when we got, uh, my aunt lives out here. She, uh, she took really good care of, care of us. Uh, shout out Aunt Lucille. Um, she took mad good care of us. We actually got a spot in Encinitas, California. Now, it, I don't know if you know Encinitas, California, but that is a very nice area, bro. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Very rich, very nice area. And, yo, it was culture shock for me. Like, yeah, no big doubt. time. <laughs> Fucking big <laughs> time, bro. No yeah. Yo, like, I didn't know... I didn't know from Connecticut to that. What was going on? I actually, what was that? From Connecticut to that, you know, I, I can imagine. Yeah, that. well, from New Haven, yo, I actually didn't even know how crazy where I grew up was till I moved out and was like, wait a minute, that's that's not normal. You know what I mean? Like, like that's not normal shit. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it was a big culture shock for me coming yeah. to uh coming out here. So. You graduate high school. Like, where'd you go high school at out here in SD? SD, I went to uh, San Diego nice. Academy. Yeah. So you graduate high school. What's the plan in your head that you're gonna that you're about to do after high school, and what ended up happening? Shit, man. What's co- what's college? What's college uh, option? The army, the navy. Like, Yo, so. Uh, I did. I did do the college thing. I got full on like FAFSA, all that shit. Um, to go to school, I uh, I took a year off. I think. Yeah. I took about a year off after high school. I was working in high school. I always worked. As soon as, as soon as I turned sixteen, I was able to work. I always had a job. I had to make my own money and stuff, um, just because of the parents' financial situations. Um, but. I was on my own at 18. I was already, I already had roommates and living somewhere. Um, so I took a year off, went back to school around 19, but uh, I, I went for uh, recording arts. Nice. Yeah, I went for recording arts and uh, I failed miserably. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I, 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 yeah, I kind of, kind of just fucked it all off. I wasn't really into it. Um, really? Yeah, I really wasn't into it. I really wasn't. Uh, I went back later on in life and finished it, and I was really into it because I am an engineer now, like an actual engineer, not just the, not not knocking anybody if that's their setup, but uh, it's not just like an interface and a mic. I, I I could fully run any studio if you throw me in there and show me the lay of the land. I could I can definitely run a studio. Um, so yeah, I, I was really digging it when I went back to school, but at nineteen, uh. Yeah, that, that was the plan. I still made music. I still rap. Um, it was never uh, n- not the plan not to rap. You know what I mean? It was that was always in the in the arsenal of ideas. So, what thoughts come to your mind when when you think of in search for the formula, in search of the formula? Like when you were making that album, what what are the memories that come to your mind? Oh. Yo, so In Search of the Formula was the first official joint that I released. Like, uh, when I say official joint, it was like my official solo joint. I had a a 20-track mixtape that I released before that and also a group project. The group was called Mob Nasty. Um, the Great Train Robbery was the name of the album. That was uh, 
pretty dope album, but it's a uh, like I said before my official first solo joint. Um, search the formula the name is because I was learning how to mix. I was learning how to mix. I was learning how to master. I was learning studio shit, and I would uh, I'd make tracks, and then I'd go listen to them in other people's cars or other people's system and i was like yo why is my shit not sound as good as theirs theirs you know what i mean why is my, my shit not sound as good as what i'm listening to at the moment like mm-hmm. i'm talking like you know industry cats and uh i was like i was determined to get my sound to sound better you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's why uh, i called that album in search of the formula in a nutshell, it was a uh, it was a learning process. So I was literally searching for the formula, not so much with the with the rhymes and stuff, but more so my overall sound, my whole sound that I want that I wanted to be represented with. What thoughts come to your mind when you think of Molotov cocktail, and how would you come up with the title? Oh, so yo, uh, that one actually was the a, a joint album with this dude named Bass Estrada out of Russia. Um, very random. Dude is from Russia, hit me up, you know, on online, told me he was feeling what I was doing and uh, said he had some beats and uh, he was asking me if I wanted to rap to him. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check your beats out, rap to him, you know what I mean? I'll check him out. I was thinking, to be honest with you, when, I fir- when he first hit me up, I wasn't expecting much. I was just like, all right, whatever. But then uh, he sent me a link to his beats, and I had to double check the link. And I was like, yo, because the beats were that fire, bro. I was like, god dang. Uh, so I hit him up like, yo, yeah, I'll take this beat and this beat out of the ones he sent. So he sent the wave ASAP. Boom. I got him, I got him back to him within a week or two, uh, both tracks. And he was hyped about it. I was hyped about it. And we decided to do an EP. Um, I called it Molotov Cocktail because that was a Russian thing. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like he came out of out of nowhere, you know what I mean, with the fucking sauce. And, uh, yeah, that's how it came together. It's an eight-track um, EP produced by Bass Estrada. He's an incredible mm-hmm. producer. He's still, still throwing it down. Um, yeah, man. I, that's like one of the first joints I've ever rapped on that I didn't fully produce. So it was a cool little album right there. I really liked the cover for Comfortably Uncomfortable. Um, and when I was bumping that album today, I really like Introspective and Clouds. Um, oh, shit. Good looks, and, man. Good looks. The, I like that rhyme in the Introspective you said. I told myself, my sober self, something like that. Like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I listened for bar. I listened for, like, like wittiness. Like, wittiness in MCs and, and, and wordplay. It's like, it counts, man. It just, when I know when an MC is witty. You know, like, shit, with the word, you know? Um, and I like the vocal. I like the hook on clouds. I felt like her voice really complimented our joint. Um... Who, Shout who out Jessica Duran. <laughs> no doubt. Who made the cover for the album? Comfortably uncomfortable. Oh, so this dude on um he's an incredible artist. Uh, he goes by bad his name is Mike Uges, mm-hmm. but he goes on Instagram, he's at bad news Mike Uges. Nice. Um nice. that's with a H. H U G E S. It almost looks like hugs, but Uges. <laughs> um and uh yo, dude's incredible. Um 
long story short, I, I actually, I, I had like an idea comfortably uncomfortable. It was like, yo, you, sometimes you just got to get comfortable doing shit you don't want to do. Um, like me personally, to be honest, I actually don't like, I don't like performing live. I really don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm an intro introvert or nothing it's just that uh i put a lot of energy into it you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's a it's a it's a a lot a it's lot a for lot. me you know it's what i mean lot. yeah it, you know what's up you've been rocking stages all over the place i see you um um uh, yeah, yeah man so it's just he he came up with the thing i hit him up he was way out of my budget and then i was kind of like oh that's cool you know what i mean i respect what you do um keep doing what you're doing love it you know what i mean and then he he hit me back like a month later he's like yo i've been listening to some of your music i actually dig it what budget were you thinking about working with and i told him my budget and he was like yo that's really low (laughs) and it was high for me it's very high for me but uh and i think for average artists it would be pretty high um he was down to work with the budget but he said there was no revisions um you know what I mean? But yo, dude, I gave him what my idea was, and he fucking nailed it right on the spot. Yeah. Really, yeah. I'm, what's your top two songs? Like comfort, comfortably uncomfortable. Top two joints that represents you. Oh shoot. Uh, top two. Yeah. I'll tell uh, you. My, my, I think that's like fuck yeah. That's track one and track three. Yeah, yeah. That's my. Okay, favorite. that's what's up, man. Yo, I, I couldn't put a finger on it to be honest. I kind of. I haven't even listened to that album in a minute because <laughs> I did a. And not not saying I don't like it. I just you know I made the beats. I made all the beats on that. I wrote the rhymes, mixed it down, and then I did send it to somebody to get mastered because at the time I wasn't confident in my mastering capabilities. Mm-hmm. But um, I've heard those tracks each like a thousand times. Um, I really dig the beat on um, "Sunny Side Up." That's one of my favorite beats I ever made. Um, I dig, um, yeah, I think the intro, the introspective was pretty cool. Um, the careful with that dream, I kind of, I wrote that really quick and it was Mm -hmm. just, uh, it just came all together really good. I think I might like that one too for the bars. Nice, nice. And ladies and gents, like, there's an instrumental album that came with the album. Y'all got to peep that. Just type Billy No Jokes and Apple Music. The, the catalog will show. Mm. Um, yo, I really like the seven-song EP, Iron Soul. I thought that the production the production of Iron Soul was so different from from Comfortably Uncomfortable. And um, yeah, I, I like that song with Shamel Sadiq. That was really dope. Um, good looks, good looks. That is actually uh, the only joint on the record I produced on that one. Nice. Uh, Everybody, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, other producers, uh, all the other tracks got a different producer on that one. There you go. Me and uh, me and um, Billy opened up for Shabab Sadiq at Santa Ana. That's that's how I that's met. That's right. That's the first show. And I it's wild that you're from here. You're from Dago <laughs> with me. And, and it's wild that we met in Santa Ana. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then we got yeah, booked again at the jump off 619. I was like, yo, Billy, we fucked, yo. Um, yeah. And we've just been building since, man. Um, let me ask yeah. you this. What did you do to keep yourself busy during the pandemic? Like, I know the pandemic's still going on. It's, cal- it's calmed down a lot now. But like that first yeah. six months, like, 
when oh, bro, everything stopped. I fucking I wrote I wrote tough. I wrote yeah, actually Iron Soul. Yeah. Basically, was most of that was quarantined. Yeah. You know, raps. You know what I mean? <laughs> I uh, I um, I wanted to, I wanted to do it a little differently. I wanted to work on. Um, I just wanted to work on me as an MC. I wanted to get a better, well-roundedness of my uh, and and in every aspect. You know what I mean? So, um, I did something a little different on Iron Soul. I did go with other producers, which I normally don't do, but I wanted the a fresh factor. When I hear the beat, I want to be able to just start right into it. Because, like I said, when I make a beat, it is split in my brain into, but it's not it's not as fresh as hearing a beat for the first time. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I chose to go that route. I wanted, I just wanted to focus more on the rhymes on that one. Yo, let let, let me ask you this. Um, What are your, what have you learned about yourself in marketing yourself as an artist? Like, what are the top three tips you would give an an upcoming artist on how to market themselves in 2022 in this digital, digital social media world? Like, what's your take on marketing yo i'm still learning that you know what i mean amen, um, amen, amen. i'm still really learning that like to, so to give tips i feel kind of like you know i yeah. feel like i'm not really warranted <laughs> to do that <laughs> no doubt, uh, no doubt. but in your opinion what makes in my in my opinion you, as far as marketing you do yeah. do your art as best as you can of course you know what i mean make sure you fully believe in that once you fully believe in that then you come up with a plan on how to present that like as yourself and um a couple things like uh a couple things you could take it as like when you present it in a way that it's not like hey listen to my music here it is nah you present it like a body of work you know what i mean that you that you put on that that you want to share with the world and it doesn't have to be like listen to my music listen to my music you can find creative ways to say basically hey listen to my music or um you have like lots of music that you came up with for an album or a single just package it up in different ways meaning like present it in a new light you know what i mean yes like um sometimes you know things move so quick nowadays you drop a song it's gone in like a week or two if you're not like pressing the issue people forget about it in a week or two yep but if you can come up with ways to remind people that's not beating a dead horse um i think it will uh it it will get in more people's hands and ears you know what i mean Mm um what are your uh what have you learned about yourself as far as like promoting? I mean, like, because the reason why I ask is because there's a lot, of, there's a lot of artists, man, and uh-huh. know, it, it can get kind of cluttered. Um, what makes an artist stand out to you? Three things that makes an oh. artist stand out to you to be like, all right, I gotta listen to this shit, and like, I want to go to the show. Uh, well, yeah, every everybody everybody listens to things differently than everybody like everybody's an individual everybody looks for different things like uh so um what i like it like an artist first off i really like uh i'm very heavy in the bars and stuff like that but it's how it's presented like uh like i love wittiness i love yeah um 
I like uh, almost want to say like unique way of people delivering their lines. Mm. Um, I like uh, I like when an artist you can feel is more genuine. Now, mm. even if the artist is on some shit that I'm completely not on, you can still kind of feel the genuineness. You know, you know what I'm saying? He could be, he could be on some fucking gangster rap, but you know, if you feel like it's genuine, you know what I mean? This is him, and he's making art out of what his music is. Regardless of what he's saying, it it feels good. It got a good vibe. You know what I mean? Whatever. Um, that that I think to me is makes an artist good. You know what I mean? Authenticity and not trying too hard. It's just that's who they are, kind of. You know what I mean? It's like a vibe. There's a lot of MCs. There's, there's a lot of artists who died this past three, four years, man. Um, yeah, there just, is. Just Shit. through the like, you know, streets, natural causes, gang shit. Just there's, there's a lot of people who passed away in hip hop. Um, who would be the one that stuck out to you the most? That you're like, fuck, I can't believe this. You know, like, like oh who, which, man, which, which which I'm gonna tell you mine. Mine's DMX. That fucked me. Yo, What's I'm gonna one? have to say DMX too. Yeah, DMX fucked me up. Yo, he played a big part in my youth. Like, you know what I mean? Like. DMX, I listened yep. to a lot of DMX heavy when I was yeah, younger. Man. So um, yeah, man, that, that struck me by surprise. Why do you think violence still exists in the industry? Like, why is it that? Like, perfect example, Young Dolph. You know, mm. um, it's like it's like we can't catch a break. Like, of course, what happened to Nipsey was fucked up. Of course, what happened to um, who's that young yeah. brother? Who's the young brother that got robbed? Pop Smoke. Um, um, there's a lot, a lot. There's like violence surrounding the industry. Like, why do you think that is? Still? It's like 1995 all over again, you know, like Tupac, Biggie era, right? Like people are getting smoked, you know. Like, why do you think that is in the hip hop industry? It doesn't happen to rock. It doesn't happen to country. It happens in hip hop, you know. Well, you know, I, I feel like I can't speak 100, percent but I feel like it's just kind of like of. Like I said, like, uh, earlier, like, I started rapping because I came from an area, like, that was, you know, pretty gutter, and then I moved to California, to a nice area in San Diego, California, then I realized how crazy it was, and I, 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 at the time, I was like, you know, I still, as a youth, I thought, you know, rap was a street thing, was like, more like a urban, urban type of city thing, you know what I mean? And then, it, it, it very much is so because that's where it came from. So when I moved, I was like, you know what? Now that I know that where I'm from, it, it's that it is kind of where, you know, not it's not the Mecca, but it's very reminiscent to uh, an urban city. You know what I mean? Um, that has a lot of like that nostalgia and vibe to it that you would uh, associate with like a East Coast like style of hip hop. Um that it it almost is it almost comes from the the roots of hip hop you know what i mean like it's not so much that everybody's bad that does hip hop it's just the area that it grew out of yeah is kind of like a you know it's chaos it's it's yeah. crazy and that's kind of what people they have to deal with everyday lives you know what yeah. i mean so i can't really blame you know and it sucks it sucks that you know we lose so many lives early and stuff like that just because of a, a 
you know, an image that people want to uphold and, you know, um, because of violence and stuff, you know what I mean? But it's, that's kind of like deeply rooted into where, where hip hop came from. Yeah, man. Um, in a sense, you know what I mean? No doubt. You can go on for days with that topic right there, but that's just touching the surface, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean we haven't even talked about like the jealousy vibe that exists in the industry. Of course, there's jealousy. Of course, there's jealousy when someone makes it out the hood and comes back rich. Of course, man. Of course, not everybody's happy. You know, there's, you're gonna yeah. have those who are, who are not happy for you. And um, I felt like what happened to Nipsey, what happened to Young Dolph, what happened to Pop Smoke. Like, it's it's a reminder. Right, right. It's a reminder, man. Like, you gotta move different, man. You, 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 you can't just be out here and be reckless. You will get caught up. You will get caught up, you know? Yeah. It's, For it's, real. It's, it's really sad. Um, uh, all right. I usually give the MCs I interview, like, uh, a random questions. Like, which one you prefer, you know? Just the artist you prefer. So, let, yeah. let me start with this. All right. Cool G Rap or Rakim? I'm going to have to, yo, I'm going to hate for this, but I'm going to have to go with Cool G Rap. <laughs> word. Word, word. Um, Only because I listen to him a lot more. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not saying nothing against uh, Rakim. It's just that, uh, like I said, my first real hip-hop shit that I, I like, got dove into was Busta Rhymes' Wuha Got You All In Check. So yeah, I had to go backwards and listen to a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, Cool G rap, I just started vibing with right away. You know what I mean? Uh, I went dug in, started digging some of his stuff up. So, shout out Cool G rap, man. No doubt. LL or KRS? Oh, that's a hard one for me, man. Uh, I like both of them, but not to the, not to, to the point where I lose sleep over choosing one or the other. Now, yeah. You know, I'm I'm probably gonna have to go with LL in that one. Ooh. All right, Big Daddy Kane or Rakim? Yo, don't hate me for not not saying Rakim, but I like Big oh. Daddy Kane. I no, like Big Daddy Kane. I asked because your music sounds mad. There's your music sounds uh-huh. mad East Coast, man. I know you grew up. You was yeah, really no, that's cool. That's cool. That- um, let me ask you this: DMX or Busta? Oh, Busta Rhymes is one of my Ooh. favorites. One of my right. favorites. So Tribe. I love DMX, but Busta Rhymes. <laughs> Tribe or De La Soul? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go with Tribe. Nice. Most depth for Talib. Uh, most for sure. I, <laughs> no disrespect to Talib, <laughs> yeah. but like real hats pick most depth too. Uh, mm. uh, Radman or Method Man? Yo, I. I fucking love some Red Man. Red Man yeah, is one of my favorites. Man. He's no, in he's man. in my top five for sure. No man, just like this man. There's no Ludacris or Eminem without Red Man. All right, that's the first. Hey, there's <laughs> like they'll even say it. Eminem will even say that. Like he took so much from Red Man. Um, uh, and yo, shout out to both them because they're still in the game nowadays, and I oh, feel like they're yeah. just getting better. They're still oh, getting yeah. better. No they're not doubt. like slacking. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. They they've had some flops, but I think every, right. I think every artist has that, and I also think people had flops because truthfully, 
when you start when you when they start doing movies, start doing TV, all that, mm. I, I I always think that the MC's focus is not strictly in the studio anymore. So like, I think every time an MC had a flop, it was because their focus was not on it. But when they're on it, on it, focus, yeah, dude, they're untouchable. Right, um, right. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, Jada Kiss or Fabulous? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go with Jada on that one. Yeah, big, big pun or uh, or Eminem. I like them both a lot, but <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with M on this joint. I'm gonna go with M. Uh, Little Kim or Foxy Brown? Oh, uh, that's mad. You know, I don't right know there, too much of the catalog. Uh, uh, I don't really know much of the catalog with Foxy as much as I do Little Kim. It's like, uh, to be honest, I only know like verses and features that they've done. Yeah. So I'm gonna say Little Kim, but not not by a long shot. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's very close. Like I give props to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B for for what they've done in the hustle. But I think it just, it, I think it. it just, uh, it just doesn't. Can you hear me? Hello. Billy, I don't think I'm gonna hear you. I'm having like a technical difficulty Billy on here. There? I can hear you cutting in and out a little bit. Yo, can you hear me? Yes, I got you now. You back. I'm saying it's like I give props to Cardi B and Nicki Minaj for what they do, but for some reason it just doesn't sound like New York, man. It just it just doesn't sound like that quintessential East Coast sound like that Foxy and Tim had. And I know we can't keep looking back at the mm. early '90s. I know it's 2022. We, we, it's not 1995, but I miss I miss the old era, man. Um, all right, let's take it back to the West Coast. All right, I feel it. I feel it. Too short or E40. Oh, uh, damn, that's a hard one, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with fuck too short, even though yeah. E40 is dope too. And that's yeah. not by a long shot, you know, too short. I'm gonna say too short. Snoop or Ice Cube? Uh, Snoop. Nice. The game or Kendrick? Uh, fuck, I listened to a lot of the game. I listen to Kendrick a lot too, but it's like kind of like there's like a gap. Like I wouldn't, I, I don't know for some reason I can't really compare them. But I, at the moment, I'm gonna say Kendrick. Nice. DJ Quick or Dre on the beats? Ooh, yo, Qu- Quick is pretty fucking untouchable, bro. Like, very, very think, underrated. Very underrated. Very underrated. I'm gonna say Quick. Man, Woo. all right. Uh, the dog pound or the alcoholics? Fuck, I like both them a lot. That's a, that's a like a lot, now. a lot. But I'm that's gonna say dog one. pound. Yeah, that's the right answer. That's the right answer. Yeah, I'm gonna say dog pound. DPG is one of my favorite <laughs> albums. Like, yeah, even man, the, even, the, the dog even though DPG is like, when I go listen to it now, I'm like, yo, this is raunchy as fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like you can't. You can't be playing that if you have kids or some shit. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's that album right there is the flows and the beats. Shout out! I think Daz did the production on that. 
fucking incredible. Yeah, the dog food, the first Dog Pound album, man. I'm going to tell you, that shit raised me. And mm. Which is that dog shit? That dog, dog, no, dog food uh, with a, I know you bop in your head. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, that I, don't, I don't like to dream about getting paid. Um, when when the dog I got a chance to open for the dog pound in 2015 in Chula Vista, man. And uh, oh shit! Uh, the name of the spot is La Luz Ultra Lounge. I I opened for the dog pound there. I'll never forget it. It's one of the illest memories. Damn, that's fire. Um, Yo, I do need to say a quick shout out uh, for and this is he's not immediate dog pound like he's not Daz or corrupt, but uh, a dude named Slip Capone. Ah, that's. Slip Capone, rest in peace. Uh, I used to fuck with him heavy. Uh, I, if you remember in the beginning of the, this podcast, I told you that uh, before my very first solo project came out, I had a group, um, yep. a group called Mob Nasty. Uh, randomly, Slip Capone came over to my crib one night. I didn't know who he was, and we was just chopping it up tough, and he noticed I had the microphone and all that shit, and then we just started you know, chopping it up more and more. And then uh, we ended up doing a track. And not till we were done doing the track, he told me who he was. But, uh, yes, rest in peace, Slip Capone. He's on rest that Mob Nasty joint twice. Yeah. Rest in peace, rest in peace. Um, all right, the sound. T.I. or Ludacris? Uh, Luda, all day. <laughs> I love T.I. Yeah. T.I. is dope, but it's a different lane. It's a different sound, different lane to me. UGK or Outcast? Uh, I, they're both ridiculous, but I'm gonna have to say Outcast just because I listen to Outcast a lot more. Right. Now I'm not saying I, I just haven't dug deep enough into UGK. Scarface or Bud B? Ooh, Scarface, Scarface is a legend, boy. Yo, he does not get the he doesn't get the props like one of the goats, man. What the fuck, like Scarface? No, he doesn't. Yeah, That's Scarface underrated. is dope. I love Bum B though too. Bum B is ill. You know what I mean? He's got such a dope voice to me. You know what I mean? Like, and his flow is always stupid. Yeah. And they'll tell you, like, you know, Tupac will even say, like, Scarface is a huge influence to Tupac, man. Like, like what what Scarface is rapping about in the '80s was like what what Tupac would rap about later. Like, he, Scarface kind of mm. preceded all that. Um. What do you think is the future of hip hop post pandemic? Like, where's the music? Where's the music industry going, dog? With with the pandemic? I, yo, I don't I have no clue, bro. I'm like, no. I, I'm so lost. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yo, I'm so lost, bro. Like, I, I, like, you know, it's very divided. It's got trap. Yes. You got boom bap, classic boom bap. Uh, yes, you know, yes. hopefully both keep prospering. Both keep doing it. Both keep making it fresh. You know, keep uh one up in the the bar you know keep raising it but uh i don't know bro i really don't know what the what the future is for hip-hop i see that they got this like whole uh i for lack of a better word i'm gonna say crypto thing going on with the nfts and the whole i think it's called blockchain or whatever that might be um that might be a avenue that music goes down i don't know i'm pretty pretty ignorant when it comes to uh that whole cyber investment shit but uh that sounds kind of crazy that you know you could actually have uh 
you could have some sort of like a you know a uniqueness to a product online uh that, that might be where where uh music ends up going towards you know what i mean so nice what's what's next for uh for billy no joke for 2022 what can we expect a new album say that one more time i bet you said the next what can we expect from billy no jokes for 2022 oh shoot uh i'm currently juggling three out uh-huh hello Let's take it to the top. Um, what what can we expect from Billy No Jokes for 2022? What projects can we expect or albums? Dude, uh, so I'm currently juggle, juggling like three albums right now, which I'm planning on releasing next uh, next year. All of them. Uh, they're they're going to be EPs, so they're going to be shorter albums, five to eight tracks each. They all got a different vibe. Each one of them is going to have like its own own vibe. Um, and then also I'm in another group right now with three other heads besides myself. Um, the group is called Masa Moon. Uh, I'm expecting some pretty big things with, with, with that group because I'm in, uh, the, the heads that I'm in the group with are, they're all phenomenal artists, phenomenal spitters. Uh, that's, uh, Frankie Fadeless, uh, Aztec the Barfly from Detroit. And Big Left, who was formerly with La Coca Nostra. So, um, Masa Moon is the name of the group. And we're going to be doing some big things next year, too. On top of me as a solo artist as well. So, yeah, I got those three projects. The pro- the, the project that we're going to be uh, releasing with Masa Moon. And also, I, I'm sitting on a ton of beats. I'm probably going to release another beat tape soon. I love it, man. What are the top three advice you would give to upcoming artists out there coming up? Um, mm-hmm. Yo, like, it, the, take it as seriously as you can take it. You know what I mean? Have fun with it. Don't be a stick in that fucking mud, but, you know, take it serious. Like, you know, uh, get, get good, you know, Get good, uh, make sure your stuff sounds good. Get good photos. Represent yourself right to the fullest. Uh, look at it like how you really want to be looked at. You know what I mean? Really dig deep into what you're trying to portray as an artist and jump off the cliff with it. You know what I mean? Like, just go for it. Just fucking go for it. You know, you're going to, people, some people are going to like your stuff. Some people ain't. Don't worry about your stuff doing you 100% put your art into it put your heart into your art I'm not trying to rhyme but it just worked like that mm-hmm. put your heart in and and um, just keep moving forward you know what I'm saying that's it um, be professional and that's good you know you're good to go you know what I'm saying like uh, you got the internet nowadays you can google how to do anything basically you know what I'm saying so the world is yours. Just go reach for it. Nice, man. Any shout-outs before we end the interview, Billy? Anyone you want to give a shout-out to? Yo, I, I want to shout-out the whole Dago 
scene, the whole hip hop scene. I don't care what you label you want to put it. If you want to put trap, you want to put, you want to put boom bap, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, Dago and Southern California in general, but I live in Dago, so I'm gonna see say Dago. Uh, I'm really blessed to be a part of this this scene. We got a lot of great artists out here, like phenomenal artists. And the vibe is right. It, I, I see a lot of good things coming coming our way. So that's my big shout out. Instead of naming names, I want to give the whole conglomerate a shout out. The whole San Diego as a whole. Shout out to San Diego, man. There's so much yep, talent yep. out here. So much talent. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's like it's a it's an untouched territory of, of nothing but landmines of just talent. Um. Yo, Billy, man, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, dog. I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you're a busy man. Congratulations on all the projects dropping. And um, I'm going to hit you on the text right now when we get off, right? Word up. Good looks, my man. Appreciate it. Empty Podcast, we did it. One love, yo. Billy, no jokes in the house. Peace, peace. Peace.